Good morning. Um, when Scott asked me to do this, to tell a story, tell my story, I said, well, I've got lots of stories. I'm not sure. What kind of story do you want? And he didn't exactly say it this way, but it was kind of along the lines of, why do you get up before light on Friday mornings to come be with these guys? And I kind of look around the room and say, um, good question. No, no. Good question. Isn't it obvious? But, but yeah, it was kind of, a, why do I come to convoy? Um, and I think the short answer is I'm addicted. And it's not, it's not like heroin type addiction. It's more like caffeine, coffee addiction that if I don't get it, I get kind of shaky. You know what, how that feels. So um, let, let me tell you about my, my history of getting my man church or convoy men's group fix. Um, my father was a uh, Baptist preacher, so I grew up in church. We, you know, we were the first to be there and last to leave. And so I was really comfortable with, the, with church stuff. And um, in college, I think I was at a, at a um, Baptist student thing and met this girl who was really excited about her church. And um, I hadn't heard a lot of people talk about their church in kind of an enthusiastic way. So she invited me and another guy uh, to <clears throat> a meeting, and we didn't go to a church building. We went to an apartment complex, which is kind of strange. And we went in, and it was, um, <clears throat> it was a home group. They didn't have Sunday school. They met in people's homes. And they were having fun and talking about the Bible. And I hadn't put those two things together all the time, you know, having fun and talking about the Bible. But it was, it was really great. Uh, so we ended up, uh, ended up joining that church, <clears throat> and uh, they, they really wanted to grow, so they decided instead of having mixed uh, groups, home, we called them home fellowships, instead of having mixed fellowships, we're going to have men's groups and women's groups. And so that was kind of my first exposure to what it was like to be in a men's group because it got kind of honest and deep at that point. So it, there was a, you know, kind of a real, as you guys have experienced, a real different sort of situation. Uh, and, and our group grew. The, actually, the ladies' groups really took off. But uh, our group grew, and we ended up splitting, and it, somehow I got appointed or chosen or short straw or something to be the leader of the next group and uh, or the second group. And my assistant leader said, why don't we meet once a week and pray about, you know, what's going on? And so that sort of introduced me to this idea of, again, meeting one-on-one -on -one with guys. And I really, as I reflect on what happened, I really think my assistant leader was supposed to be the leader, but I think he probably said, let's let Carrie be the leader and I'll be his co-leader and I'll kind of help him, you know, help him grow. But um, that, you know, that 
input of growth really was something that I enjoyed and it and, and something I continued to do through the years. Um, and I was in lots of different groups. This was back in the 80s. We even had Bible studies on what's authentic manhood back in the 80s. We were doing that then too. Um, I met with a guy for three years on Friday at McDonald's, and we just talked about life. I had the same. For a dollar, I could get coffee and a sausage biscuit. I had that every single Friday. For th- I think one time I splurged and had cheese, but... Anyway, I had that every every single Friday morning. When we um, moved to Northwest Arkansas, this was back in '91. I didn't think I could, you know, find a situation like that. And at work, I heard this lady, um, a colleague, talking about her church, and she was really enthusiastic. And I kind of went and talked to her. She said, yeah, we go to this church. It's called Fellowship Bible Church. And we used to meet in the school, and now we're doing this, and we have home groups. And that sounded like what I wanted. And so uh, we went there, and my wife and I said, yeah, this is the place for us, I think on the first day. And before we left, we found someone and said, we need to get in a home group. And then after we got into the uh, community group, very shortly, I said, I need to meet with some guys and and got into a men's group right away. And I don't know how I lucked out on this. I think I got in, my first group was with um, Tony Elliott and Steve Stewart. Do you guys, you guys know those guys? That was really nice to be in with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I've been in lots of groups over the years, uh, been in step studies. I've been in, um, lots of different kinds of things. Um, but I went through a period of maybe three years, you know, they would kind of come and go, they'd be together and we'd kind of break up and things would happen. And I went through a period of about three years where I wasn't in a group, I was getting real shaky. And uh, I heard this guy talking about his men's group, and he was real enthusiastic. And so I sort of invited myself. I said, could I I come to your group with you? And this was Scott. And so he said, I don't know how much he hesitated, but he said, yeah, you could come. And so that's that's been a couple of years now or so, maybe. Um, but, But thinking about why I'm addicted, I guess it's because I'm needy. Um, contrary to maybe appearances, I don't have it together. And um, I realize that I really need help. I, um, life is bigger than I can deal with a lot of times, lots of aspects of it. And I really need God. Uh, I need to rely on God. And men's group is like my sort of spiritual discipline in order to do that. I'm all, I've been married almost 39 years, and I'm still, tra- still trying to get it, still trying to get that. As I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the, um, what's that movie with Tom Hanks and the women's baseball team? It was out a few years ago. League of Their Own. Did you guys ever see? Remember that? 
there's a really famous line in there in that movie. There's no crying in baseball. Well, there is on my team. There's, so anyway, trying to, to, to navigate marriage and, and kids and work. And um, then there's the Great Commission in there too. So I just, you know, a lot of times feel overwhelmed. And so having this group of guys uh, really helps me navigate that and better rely on God to make my way. Um, and I think the reason this helps me is, is there's three. One is I can be real. I can uh, be honest about where I'm at. And, um, and that kind of is something special. Not all groups that seems to work as well as all the groups I've been in, but being able to do that's really important. The second one is I can see real. I can hear other guys' stories and see how God is at work in their lives. And I think, hey, maybe he could work in my life too. You know, I see the scripture be alive. I see answer prayer. So that's, that's really great. And then the other... Um, I think maybe the third thing is I know someone has my back. Um, that these guys have my back when I get in a crisis, when I'm in trouble. Uh, either I'm broke down by the side of the road, or maybe it's um, spiritual. I need, I need someone to pray for me. So, um, I, so I really see group for me is like, a spiritual discipline, I need it to uh, help and support and strengthen my walk with God. So um, I guess in closing, I need to apologize to my group and say, um, you're going to have a hard time getting rid of me because I'm kind of addicted. So anyway, thanks. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. You know, uh, there are no uh, John Waynes in, in, in spiritual in our spiritual lives. We can't do it alone. Um, I think hopefully uh, you guys find value in getting up every morning and being with your brothers. Um, I know I certainly do. Uh, the the strength together is uh, is a lot better than the strength on our own for sure. So, Carrie, thank you for for sharing that. Um, Hey, listen, we've been talking a little bit about, you know, is it's January and, and we talked New Year's resolutions and we're talking uh, action plans. I, I wanted to throw you, you know, I'd be remiss if uh, I told you guys I'm a nerd, I'm a stat guy, but uh, listen, to the, listen to the number of hours you spend or, or the general public spends in planning and, and, and developing action plans. So for your typical vacation, the average American family will spend 10 to 20 hours developing an action plan to attack Disney World, right? You're going to get your maps, your, your fast passes, your restaurants, whatever you're going to go, your hotels, whatever. Uh, the, uh, the typical wedding, this was crazy. Uh, has anybody gotten married recently? We're kind of old in here, right? Anyway, this is kind of the new, Jeremy, you, you didn't know. Anyway, uh, wedding planning, 200 to 300 hours 
are spent planning an action plan for the greatest wedding ever. That might be low. Okay. Yeah. You went. Okay. Are we crazy here? No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, 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 coaches. Like, is there any coach? No, we don't have a coach here, but okay. So listen to this. Listen to this. This is crazy. High school coaches, uh, for a week game, just the average Friday night football game. We'll put 20 to 40 hours uh, in on game planning for that game. If you're at the college level, uh, it goes up to 100 to 120 hours in a week just for a game plan. We're not talking about coaching practices or anything. We're talking about planning. Uh, NFL, it's off the charts. They don't even track it. It's like they have no life. They have no life at all. Um, The average employee, like we talked about the workspace, um, you will spend anywhere from, and this will, you got, if you're at Walmart, you guys will laugh, but 250 to 300 hours in just planning strategy meetings alone in a given year. Uh, and, uh, you'll spend another 250 to 300 hours planning for the planning meeting. <laughs> Does anybody have those planning to, for the planning meetings? So, so I, I say all that to say, listen, we, we put as a society emphasis on developing bullet points, action plans. We're going to have a plan. We're going to have a plan of attack. We're going to have a backup for the plan. We're going to have a plan C. We do all these things. And then when we sit here today and Blake's going to kind of bring this home, when we look at what we plan for our action plan spiritually, I, I don't know if we put those those hours in. I don't know about you, but I, I don't. So with that, with that, with nothing else, I want to pray as Blake comes up and, and we'll get started. Father, uh, we invite you here, Lord. Uh, thank you for these guys. Thank you for this morning, Lord. And I just, uh, I pray that you turn our eyes to the year, what you've given the day before us, uh, each day by day. And Lord, I just pray, I pray that we're men of action and I pray that you speak through Blake today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Good news for you guys. I have one slide, so you don't have to uh, you don't have to look at fifty. I'm a slide guy, and I apologize. I grew up in the uh, the agency CPG world, so we we communicate through slides. I've I've done it at home. Don't make fun of me. Don't judge, as my my son would say. Uh, well, I just have a few things I want to touch on, and then we'll break into foxholes, and and we'll keep talking about our action plans. One is uh, we have three objectives this year. And so you've seen these before, and good news, you're going to see them again. And we want to make sure that we hit these home. I get out of the way. First one is who we are. We, our identity, we are a multi-generational community of men connecting to become and make disciples. So back to Carrie's point, I mean, you know, part of that connecting is that's where the addiction happens is that you just get used to being a part of something like this. And it's really significant. But think about the bookends as our DNA. We're multiple generations and we're here to become and make disciples. That's really why. But the how is we're a community connected. Um, And we believe that God loves it when men get together as a community and and talk about him. And we believe he's here. In fact, he promises he's here this morning. So that's our identity. Don't, that's, don't forget that. We have a common purpose. We believe all men are called to convoy the people in our lives the way Jesus did. And when you see your life through that filter, it looks very different. You see your job different. 
you see your family different, your friends. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a little in a bit. And we really have one goal this year, one goal. That is for everybody here to begin their action plan, just to take one step, baby steps. And the reason why I wanted to put these up there and we'll leave it up there is this will be the foundation for our year. This is, these are the guardrails to kind of help keep us moving forward. So we, we know that we can claim these and then the, we'll, we'll continue to layer in scripture to support it. Um, I've heard a couple of different people say, was well, there going to be some homework coming out of all of this? And at first I got the shivers because I didn't like homework. And when I was in school, I hate homework even more now. But then I tell you, two words came to mind as I was processing through that. Think bigger. Think much bigger. This is not homework. This is kingdom work. This is stuff that is, this has an eternal impact. So everything we're doing here, if it stops at the home, then I think we're missing it. What we're doing here is really we're focused on the heart, and we're, we're part of God's kingdom. Uh, in fact, we, we've already claimed Scripture uh, in Matthew says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what I hope, and I, I feel like it's starting to happen in my life, is as I'm putting my action plan together, um, it starts to frame where my treasures are. I mean, you really, you think about all the different planning that Brian just talked about. Well, that was focused on something very specific. You know, if you're planning and you're at, you're for business, it's for some type of strategic framework to launch something. So that's where the significance is. What we're saying is if when we take a step into our action plan, that's starting to frame up what we treasure in life, and that's where our heart will be. So that's a little bit of a map for us. And so what I thought I'd do in the spirit of action plan is I, I do believe God loves baby steps. As long as we keep taking them and we're, and we're taking them towards him. Uh, he's not looking for large leaps, although I don't think he would be opposed to that. But I've taken some baby steps with my action plan because we've talked a lot about kind of in theory, our action plan, abiding, convoying, transferring. But what does that mean? You know, what does that mean for uh, every day in, in real life when we leave the lodge? And so, you know what? I've had a few small wins I thought I'd share just in case there's anybody that feels uh, frozen, stuck, paralyzed, frustrated, any, any and all. And then hopefully as we hear stories uh, throughout the year, people can continue to share, you know, their action plan and what's happened in their life. So I'm going to share li- these little things. So that's my disclaimer. These aren't huge, but they're, they're significant in my life. So starting with abiding, I have, again, not big, but I have said at 6 a.m. at my house on every, every morning, that is God time. That is not exercise time. That is not email time. That's not a little extra sleep time. That is God time. And even if I have family up, which I rarely do at that point, but um, that's not their time either. And they know it. And so we not only have I said that's going to be God time, we've actually created a little room, bought a couple of comfortable chairs, uh, somewhere to put my coffee, my feet if necessary, and even a curtain to kind of separate the rest of the house. There's no TV. And again, it's not 100% for me. It's kind of we make it a reading room, a little bit where we can, you can go and do your homework if you need to. But for me in the morning, that's my God time. And so the only exception would be convoy, 
because uh, we're here at six, uh, or um, I take my son out for coffee on Wednesday mornings, which is God time, which just not in my house. It's somewhere else. I'll talk about that in a second. So again, that's little, but when you, when you look at abiding, which is the A in the action plan, it has to, I have to start by just saying, this is your time, God. I'm going to be available. Now, what happens during that time, it's, it's a miracle. I've got to stay awake. I got to have some structure to what I'm doing. This helps a ton because I have so much uh, stuff to kind of process through. Uh, but I'm a work in progress, but it starts there. So abiding, that's part of my action plan. Convoying. You know, convoy is a big word if you think about it the way we've been talking. To love on somebody, to serve them, uh, to flank them, to lead them, to protect them. And so it's, it's obvious, and I think easy, well, it's not easy, but it's a little more obvious with your inner circle. If you're married, your spouse, if you have children, your kids, if you're not, your friends, your family, your siblings, but go out one circle. And if you're really feeling risky, go out a second, so a third to the third circle and identify some people. And so I, I did that. I, this is, you know, probably back in the fall, I just said, look, there's three people and these aren't easy people. And in fact, some of these, I don't even have a great relationship with, or I don't know them super well, but I've just said, I'm going to convoy them the way Jesus did. Again, I've, I've messed up a lot, but convoying to me looked like regular text, uh, phone calls, encouragement, lots of listening, and maybe most importantly, not expecting anything in return. So that's where it gets really tough. It's a lot easy to love. It's easy to love on somebody that's loving back. It's a lot more difficult when it's a one-way street. But guess what? If you work on convoy the way Jesus did, that doesn't matter. And where I've struggled is it's a chicken or the egg. Um, Do I convoy when my heart is ready? Or does convoying the process of it ready my heart? And um, I, st- I, did, I did the first one for a long time. I was like, gosh, I, I'm not ready to pour into that person. I mean, I, I'm not man enough yet. But then what God said is, Mm-mm, that's not the point. You just lean in and let me do the rest. And I'm going to tell you, I have some stories. That there's one in particular that maybe down, I'll tell you later, um, it, it, it works. God works through that. God did. God took a little bit of action, and He blossomed it into something that was so significant that uh, I could never, ever have the wisdom or, or strength to do on my own. And also notice that when I said convoy the people, that doesn't mean large amounts of time, giving them your extraordinary wisdom, um, leading them, you know, all of that stuff. This is just just being available for somebody. So. You got your inner circle. My encouragement is think about the next one. And again, if you really want to push it and see what God's up to, go to the third circle. And then the last one is transferring. And so I literally left a meeting like this probably, I think it's about five and a half, six years ago. It was Man Church at the time. And the topic was being mentored and mentoring. And I walked to my car with a thousand pound weight on my shoulders and a huge burden. I thought, we're supposed to mentor the people in our lives. The number one man in my life literally lives in my house. I control everything he does. He's six, seven. And I am not intentionally investing in him. Like, what's wrong with you, Pointer? 
I mean, honestly, it was, I, it just, I, it was so clear. And so then I told my wife, I said, I think I need to start investing in Noah. And of course, she didn't even know what that meant. And I, she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't know what that means, but I feel like I need to be intentional. Like whatever that looks like. She's like, talk to him. So I took him out for coffee and I said, Noah, again, he's six or seven. I said, but he's like a 50 year old. You know, he's an old man, old soul. I said, um, and if I, and I, it, coffee will get him to do anything. He's loved coffee since he was a little bitty. So I said, I'll take you a coffee. I said, uh, would you be open to me meeting with you regularly? Um, and just talking about life. In fact, I'll share with you what I think it means to become a man. And so that's where BAM started for us, becoming a man. So we started BAM. We've met, we meet every Wednesday. We have since he was six. He's 12 um, in that space. Uh, and it's been a life changer. It really has. And uh, he, now you really should feel sorry for him because, <laughs> because, you know, no telling where I'm leading him or how I'm doing it, but it's kind of the chicken or the egg. Do I need to wait until my heart's ready to pour into him? Or is the pro- process of doing that, is that going to get my heart ready? And I hope it's the latter, but one person, I've just picked one person. And again, what I'm thinking about is uh, this year, I'd like to maybe pick one more. So two total. So when it comes to transferring, who can you be intentional with? And again, it doesn't have to be weekly. Uh, but, uh, and again, that's another, that's another discussion just to talk about the BAM sessions and the stories. It's just been, it's just really been uh, amazing for me, uh, life-changing for me. So again, those are Itty bitty. So in, in the spirit of what about Bob, those are truly baby steps, little bitty. But I'm just trying to take little steps forward. And so I want to encourage you there. Um, and I also want to just, I'll end with kind of giving a shout out to Doug Rains, who's going to be here in February. So to really understand and appreciate, you know, our identity, who God's calling us to be, our purpose, um, we need to understand who God is. And so Doug Rains is going to come in in February and talk a little bit about who is God, whose are we. And there's some great scripture in Job I'll reference. He says, can you fathom the mysteries of God? I think it's a great question. This is his friend, and this friend didn't have the, the best of intentions here, but this little passage is, is, I think, is spot on. Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? The limits is... It says these limits are there. They're higher than the heavens. They're deeper than the depths. They're longer than the earth and wider than the sea. And it makes me think of that quote that we've talked already. What comes to mind when a man thinks about God is the most important thing about him. And so what we want to do is start to get a mental picture, a word picture, uh, whatever it is of who God is, who he is to us, who he is to convoy. And I think that will, that will help us go into abiding and convoying and transferring with an even bigger vision and perspective and appreciation for who God is. So I'll leave this up here. When we break into our our foxholes, keep talking about your action plan. What's the one thing? Baby steps. The key is don't be stuck. And if you feel stuck, Grab a friend. There's plenty of us here. We, you, Carrie said it. We can be real. We can be honest. Um, and let's let's help each other. Kind of lock arms. I mean, we talk about we're a community. Let's be a community. So, and we'll let's break in our foxholes.